Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to TC Live. It is our one-hour pregame show on the weekend at the BNP Paribas Open. As always, we are presented by our friends at Safe Light. After some unusual weather in tennis paradise that produced some unlikely results, the forecast calls for sun, but which players will shine still undetermined? They call it the Tennis Garden, and on the tournament's first Saturday, the lineup flourishes with big names. Former champ Victoria Azarenka, first up on Stadium One, followed by the number one player in the world, defending champion Iga Swiatek. Then it is that blockbuster All-American affair between defending men's winner Taylor Fritz and rising star Ben Shelton. In the night session, we got Mackie McDonald and Holger Runa, followed by the world number two and top seed here, Carlos Alcaraz, taking on Tanasi Kokonakis. Here's what's coming up over the next hour on the big show. Indian Wells became upset city on Friday. Single-digit seeds on the men's and women's side sent packing in their opening matches. But the hottest player on the planet appears immune to the upset virus. Daniil Medvedev notched his 15th straight victory. And we are proud to debut Chapter 2 of our year-long celebration of the 50th anniversary of the WTA as we focus on the red-hot 1970s. The top seeds out on the practice court getting ready to go. Iga Sviantek has held that number one spot for nearly a year now, looking to become the first woman since Martina Navratilova to defend the title here. And how about Carlos Alcaraz? He can regain the number one ranking with a title in the desert. Made the semifinals here last year. Opens against Tanasi Kokonakis. As always, you can find us inside Stadium One. Getting you ready for first ball to last coverage every day on the BMW Tennis Channel desk. As always, Steve Weissman joined by my good friends, Chanda Rubin and Prakash Amitraj. We've got sun today. No rain, hopefully. A two, uh, nearly two hours of delays. Two separate rain delays. Tennis Paradise, I, I didn't think it was supposed to have any precipitation, Janda. That's the first significant rain delay I can recall in a number of years, and it created some havoc, but certain players that were able to weather the storm, no oh, pun intended. I, I see what you did there. <laughs> I mean, they were the ones that got through a little more easily, and those who played earlier in the day, they had the clear advantage. Let, let, let's not forget, listen, I know how much the players are going through, but, you know, all, all the broadcasters had to weather a bit of a storm as well. Chanda was walking down the hallway at one point, and I asked you, Steve, oh my goodness, is Chana going to go do commentary for another match? It's like, no, she's still doing commentary for the same one. <laughs> she was doing four hours ago. So, you know, Chanda, how, how, uh, how did you react? You know, did you have well, to get some electrolytes and, you know, be able no, to hang you know, in? No, I kept, I kept my energy up. But the good part about the rain was we got to see the two of you guys mm. at the desk a little bit more. So, you That's know. big love. That's yeah. big love from yeah. Chanda this so, morning. You know, That's the way I like and, to start. And we got, yeah. to, we got to hang out with Jordan Thompson for like 15 <laughs> minutes because we had all the time in the world. We'll, we'll show you his highlight later. Get you caught up from all the action. Francis Tiafo facing fellow American Marco Skirone. Prakash, the desert tones were on point for Big Foe. They were on point, and they were on his shirt. I mean, look at that fit. Very fitting for the desert. This was exactly the kind of start that Francis needed. He looked brilliant start to finish using that athleticism. You can see him covering the court there, showing a nice little dink and some quick foot and hand action here, sprinkling a little salt to finish things off. Got off to a great start both sets. And look, this is my biggest key for Francis. He doesn't need any wasted time on a court. He doesn't need those 10-minute, 15-minute lulls where he goes through some errors and then uses his talent to be able to come back and win a match instead of 6-1, 7-6. All of a sudden, it's just 1-1 one one or 2-2, two two, like you see here. High energy all the way through. Look great, got Marcos really frustrated out there. Serve was on point as well, 85% one on the first serve, 67 on the second. Created 11 breakpoint opportunities for himself. 4-0 against Americans at Indian Wells. Back in the third round for the third straight year here. Really a comprehensive performance 
From Francis Tiafo, Chanda, you were able to see him before the match. Seemed pretty relaxed to you? He looks very relaxed. He actually gave me a little grief about giving Giron the edge when we <laughs> talked. I said, wait, where, where did you see that? <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, you know, kind of just catching up with him just a little bit. And again, he looked very relaxed. He did not take this match for granted by any means, understanding some of the weapons that Giron has at his disposal. But he looked fantastic from the start of that match and that's good signs for him for the rest of the tournament. And let's not forget, I mean, it's, it's been a big last six, seven, eight months for Francis. He's, he's elevated to a level where people who don't even watch tennis know who Francis Tiafo is. Guy had, a, guy had a nice little four point showing at the celebrity game at the NBA All-Star Weekend. So he's, he's getting a new level of uh, superstardom, uh, of fans out there, and I think he's wearing it well. You know, he's mm -hmm. walking around feeling like the star that he should be, and that's an important part, being able to own it because that translates to the court. Takes on Jason Kubler next. Uh, we're never giving the edge to anyone else. Francis, come on. But keep watching Tennis Channel. We love you for that. <laughs> Moving on to Daniil Medvedev. He is on a heck of a run right now. Hasn't dropped a set in seven matches. Three straight titles, including one last week in Dubai, where he defeated Andre Rublev in the final. The Russian hasn't lost since the Australian Open. The man to beat him there, American Seb Korda, and another American, Brandon Nakashima, trying to do the same, Chanda. Now, this match was a lot of fun, a lot of shot-making. Medvedev having to come up with some of his best stuff, that forehand curling back into the court. And he was able to take the first set, Medvedev, and that gave him an additional advantage going to the drop shot, just mixing things up beautifully. Sometimes throwing that shot in out of nowhere, it kept Nakashima off balance and the first game of the second set was also big Medvedev it was a battle back and forth deuces Nakashima trying to hold on to his serve but Medvedev able to get that early break and he didn't really look back although Nakashima was impressive with some of the shot making but this point here how did Medvedev miss that volley he was mesmerized mesmerized by the movement and, and some of the shots off of Nakashima's racket I mean he hit some blasted forehands Nakashima did but Medvedev just stayed solid was undeterred and that's partly why he's won so many matches in a row and closed it out beautifully at the net he said that's probably the slowest hard court on the tour but the win streak rolls on to 15 let's go inside the press room in general, when you win, you know, you can uh, say this could be better, this could be better. But in general, great win against a tough opponent who is uh, young and uh, on the rise. Uh, so looking forward to, to my next round. On the women's side, Shelby Rogers taking on Maria Sakri. The pride of the low country was 3-0 and against Sakri coming in and started quickly, Chanda. Yeah, it was just more the same for Rogers, who got comfortable in this match very quickly. There were some stops and starts. There was one point, a 13-minute delay. Then they had a longer delay. Uh, but uh, after getting that first set, Sakri, impressive right here, down triple break point and felt like this was huge if she had gotten broken. But she stayed the course. She kept competing well. That is a staple of Maria Sakri's game. She started spreading the court, finding some openings, and keeping Rogers off balance. And once she got that serve under her belt, she seemed to relax even more. Took that second set, got it into the third. Rogers had some physical issues, saw the trainer for a cast injury, and that hampered her movement a bit. And Maria Sakri, she didn't let up. She was. I mean, this was kind of sad. That's savage, you said, it. I mean, you come said on. when you have an opponent with a with a calf injury and you drop shot him, that's kind of mean. But it's what she needed to do. It's about winning and getting to the next round. And Sakri's so good down the stretch there, turning this matchup around. So in the last eight games of the match, said my level is nowhere near where I want it to be, but I'm okay with that. Last year's runner-up is moving on. The top-ranked American Jesse Pagula facing Camilla Georgi Prakash. Always a tricky matchup against the Italian. Yeah, it certainly is. No surprise that Georgi got off to a great start here. The last couple matches they played last year, both three setters. Both Jesse had to come back from match point down. And Georgi's brutal on a hard court. I mean, let's not forget, she's a WTA 1000 winner in Canada in 2021. Got off to a great start here, imposing her big hitting game. But then Jesse did a really good job sort of taking Georgie out of her comfort zone a bit, playing some great defense here, bringing her in, finding the angle. And Jesse didn't really look too threatened after that. Really turned it on in the second set, returning well. 
finding some great backhands and forehands up the line. She also took care of her serve nicely, won 76% of her first serve points. And not a player known for a giant bomb on the first serve, but managed to sneak out four aces on her side as well. Move the court around. Should feel really confident with this because Georgie, tough opponent this early. JPEG in focus after. She's a great player. She can beat anyone on any given day. And I knew just after she came out, you know, playing really tough, that if I could just work my way back into the first set, and even if I lost the first set, I felt really good going into the second. Uh, I thought I started serving a lot better, getting better depth on my shots, playing a little bit more calm. Uh, she can frustrate you just with her easy power. So I'm just glad I was able to, to turn around. How about her doubles partner, Coco Goff, under the lights, trying to make it three straight years in the third round here, Chanda. Yeah, and all the pressure was on Goff, expected to win this match against a qualifier, and she came out and just looked relaxed. Hitting out on the forehand, that has clearly been the focus for Goff, to not back off of that side. Took the first set and got off to a good start in the second, showing some of the speed and athleticism that is such a staple of her game, turning around this service game to get a substantial lead. But this match was not over. Buksha turning things around, finding a way to get Goff in difficult positions. This was one of the shots of the match. But unfortunately, Steve, Goff would not win that service game. So she had to do it on returns, got down and competed well, and was able to close this match out in straight sets, which was huge against an opponent who really tested her, especially in that second set. Goff turns 19 on Monday. Another win would make her best showing here. That would certainly be a decent gift for Coco Goff, and she will take on Linda Noskova, the teenage Czech next to upset Amanda Anasimova late last night in the first round. As you see, this section of the draw headed to the third round. Coco Goff now 12-3 and three on the year, got her third title earlier this year in Auckland. What impressed you the most, Prakash? Uh, well, I'm trying to get over the fact that you said she's going to be 19 on Monday. I really feel like she's been playing on the tour winning for like 10 years now. It's just crazy the experience she's had at such a young age. I think the thing that's impressed me the most is she's really sinking into her variety well. This year you're seeing her uh, at the beginning of the year play a few more drop shots as approach shots. Here you're, you're seeing her attack the net a little bit more. She's covering the net so well where I think that doubles is really, really helping her. And... Look, on the WTA, you see so many players that hit the ball so well from the baseline, but when you have those few players that are able to use variety and use it well, no one better than Ash Barty did before she retired, it's such a threat out there. And it seems Goff is really finding the right decisions at the right times, and that's what I love seeing from her. Yeah, I was impressed with her mindset. I mean, it's not easy to go into these matches. She's still so young, but she's the favorite. She is the player to beat. Um, opponents come up against her, and they look to play their best tennis. So she's constantly having to fend off uh, so many really good players, you know, playing some of their best tennis. And I thought she did a good job in her match last night. I would like to see her take care of her serve a bit better. You know, when you're serving for the match, you want that to be a game that is almost guaranteed, unless your opponent comes up with something huge and major and I didn't think that happened last night so handling her serve a little bit better that's going to make life a lot easier she's got it as a weapon it is a huge shot just needs to strategically strategically use it a little bit better in those big moments yeah, so got through it straight sets and can still even do better yes uh, that's a good day for Coco Goff we've got more from Chanda including her pick of the day she is three for three so far get your get your wallets out still to come Defending champion Taylor Fritz explaining how things have changed for him from a year ago. Plus, it is chapter two of our year-long celebration of the WTA's Golden Jubilee. Leslie Allen teaching us some history. And we're just here for the handshake. Wait, no handshake? She wants all the smoke. We'll explain. Live at the BNP Paribas Open is presented by Safe Flight, the vehicle glass experts. What Tennis Channel's existence does is legitimize the sport. And the perception of tennis is such that it's now, it's big leagues, it's big time. And as we in America have watched other sports grow and our children and now my grandchildren have other options, so many other options, what continues to drive tennis as one of those viable options for young people to play? Well, when they see it, 
and they see young people succeed. And it has lifted the profile of tennis as an appealing sport, both athletically, lifestyle-wise, and, yeah, potentially as a career and a career for both genders. And, of course, that's the greatest sales point tennis has. It is the greatest sports enterprise for both genders. Happy 20th birthday, Tennis Channel. I look forward to 20 more. You're on air for 20 years. Guess what you get? Take a look at this. How cool is this? Thank you to our friends at Moet and Chandon, the blinged out Tennis Channel Special Edition Champagne Bottle in honor of our 20th birthday. You can find them on the grounds here at Indian Wells. In fact, right behind that bottle is the Moet and Chandon section, which was great in the rain yesterday, right? You find that little tent over there. I mean, they did a great job with these. Well, beautiful. Well, Weissman, I've gotten a few tweets saying that, you know what, they'd like to see us a little loose on the air. So, you know, we, we could pop this right now. Or, but it's still early in the tournament. That's fine. You know, pop it. I mean, or should we wait till the the winners? One we, we each can wait winner, till the winners. We can we pop actually. You know set. what? A Andy Roddick's coming up at some point. We can pop, have a little fun with him. But yes. you know what? Wait until the winners. That's 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 a good idea. So it's, they, it's a big they, bottle. They want us looser than we are. I mean, that is. <laughs> careful what you ask for. Careful what you ask for, guys. <laughs> this is special. Moet and Shandon. Thank you beautiful. very much. This is gorgeous, beautiful. Magnificent. While we spray champagne on set, we hope it stays dry outside. Here is Fox Weather with today's forecast. I'm Fox Weather's Jane Menard, and here is today's PNP Paribas Open Forecast. We're looking at the weather in Indian Wells, California. Partly sunny today for our tennis pros. Warm with highs in the low 80s and a northwest breeze about 10 to 20 miles per hour. Don't forget you can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV device. All right, thank you so much. Percussed. Put that away. No drinking on set. Quick sip, quick sip, Steve. Some big upsets yesterday for the men and women. Find out which top 10 seeds went down in the desert. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe. More than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ruben Amitraj Weissman back on TC Live leading up to first ball. Day four at Indian Wells. Chanda and Pam Shriver going to have the call on this one. Two-time champ Victoria Azarenka left the desert in tears last year. Hoping to find joy once again in tennis paradise. Well, speaking of joy, Donna Vekic found her game in Mexico last week. She won her fourth career title, first since 2021, taking out Caroline Garcia in the final. Vekic also made the quarterfinals in Melbourne, having a resurgent year with Pammy in her corner. Well, Vekic defeated Lesia Serenko on her way to the trophy in Monterey, had a rematch yesterday, Prakash, and a bit of a strange ending in this one. Yeah, it got off to a great start with her. Vekic got up 4-1 right in the first set, kept her aggression all the way through. She's been doing a good job of this, especially in Australia, really forcing herself forward, using those short, compact strokes and creating aggression. Second set, though, things turned around. It was Serenko who reversed the aggression. She was the one who found her way to the net, showing some nice skills off there. Match point here in the third set, finds another big forehand, this time with a lovely angle that she's able to create. And immediately after, you see Vekic beelining straight to her corner there. Nice reaction from Serenko, pretty emotional after the win. Tries to go find the handshake, and Vekic shakes her off. I mean, obviously there was some stuff that was really working with Vekic in her mind, but Chanda, as upset as you might get, surely you, you haven't not given a handshake at the end of the match, right? Yeah, that's a negative. I mean, you know, obviously there are so many emotions that players go through during matches, and, you know, there's sometimes history there we don't always know about, and you hate to see it spill over into a match that way, especially when they played 
you know, the previous week yep. in Monterey, and um, Sarinko actually retired then. And so I think that was kind of the issue, the history of her uh, retiring in, in matches. I say somebody's going to re- retire a lot. Let Just them do make it. them Give retire that again. That's my <laughs> thought on it. But it was a difficult thing to watch, and you just hate to see that happen after a match. Yeah, uh, certainly an unfortunate ending and, and something that probably Donna, I, I don't want to speak for Donna, but would regret now looking back on that. I mean, at the end of the day, no matter how upset you are, you shake the hand, maybe talk about it in the locker room. It, it's high emotions out there as a tennis player, so much at stake, and sometimes you, you make decisions you don't fully, fully uh, uh, w- would do under normal circumstance. I don't think that's reflective of the way Donna generally is, but, you know, these things happen. Unfortunate yesterday. That's taken. We're just here for the handshake to another level. No handshake. No pound. Not even just a pound. <laughs> just a pound. You know, just, just a pound. Just a pound, pound. like Husky. Uh, from poor sportsmanship to great friends and doubles partners playing each other, Belinda Benchich, Jill Teichman, already won in doubles Thursday night, playing Friday in singles. And, Jenna, this is on Benchich's 26th birthday. It got off to a good start, Steve. Benchich won that first set and looked very comfortable out there. But Teichman is a fierce competitor. She can change it up, come in, volley comfortably, and she got more aggressive and took some of the angles away from Benchich, got that second set. And in the third, it was nip and tuck in a few moments. This was one of them, Benchich trying to hold on to her serve, and that miss was very frustrating. There's a little breeze at times. You misjudge the court, and those are not shots that Benchich would normally miss. But Teichman started finding her range and finding the lines when she needed it most against her doubles partner, trying to get the crowd going a little bit. But this was huge for Teichman, and she stayed the course, kept a positive mindset, rebounding, and gets a big win. Yeah, Jill with one L gets the W. Benchich, not exactly the birthday celebration she wanted. Still in doubles with her Billie Jean King Cup partner there, Jill Teichman. Well, this entire season has been a celebration for Rena Sabalenka. Aussie Open champ says she feels like the same player, but more motivated. That is scary for everyone else, Chanda. Uh, very scary when you consider how big Sabalenka has always hit the ball now. I think she's finding a little more margin at times in critical moments in matches. You know, she is just thinking a little bit better and staying more relaxed. This match, she was not troubled, and that is also a scary thing for opponents. She could hit out freely. Sabalenka got that first set 6-2 and would not lose another game. The forehand is always a big weapon. She had the backhand firing. The serve looked good. And that backhand is blasted. A nice close for Sabalenka in straights. She only has 20 points to defend in the Sunshine Double. Can gain some real ground on world number one, Iga Sviantek. Well, Stefano Tsitsipas playing his first match since Rotterdam, said he had low expectations facing Jordan Thompson, who hadn't beaten a top 10 opponent in six years, Prakash. Well, the issue here for Steph that he's talking about injury-wise is, is his shoulder. So we were all curious to see how it was going to manifest itself in the match. And I think what we saw is him rushing the net quite a bit more. He even put out a post and said, feeling like Feliciano Lopez out there, bringing the chip and charge back. I think he was struggling to come over that backhand just a little bit. But the kid fought hard out there. Thompson takes that first set, 7-6. Not many breaks at all. Jordan was only able to break Stefanos' serve once in this entire match. Steph doing a great job fighting back here, even though he's not at 100% health. Third set went down to the wire. Some pretty spectacular points using all ends of the court here. And this is what we're talking about. A lot of chip and charge from Steph here. Really good positioning there from Jordan Thompson on that backhand pass. Two big points here. Five all in the breaker. Two errors from the Stefanos forehand. That is not something you see very often, especially in clutch points. That's his best shot. It's gotten him between the world, gotten him to a couple of Grand Slam finals. It wasn't meant to be today, but monumental win for Jordan. First top ten win in six years. Yes, second of his career into the third round at Indian Wells for the first time in his life. And how about this? Is he Jordan Thompson or Super Mario? Wahoo! Level three reached. Uh, Our our Tennis Channel social team continues to be the best in the game. Yeah, man. Shout out to them. Look at the facial expression on Jordan matching up with Mario's facial expression. We... (laughs) I mean, so we're giving it, I mean, with that shirt, too, I guess he's more of a Mario. I mean, Luigi has a different kind of facial facial situation going on. But um, this also raises a different question. Is it mustache or mustache? Because I've only really heard it as, as mustache, but I seem to be in the minority here. It's a mustache, and I'm... Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I knew y'all were going to play too much up here. I knew it. I was just waiting for the moment to happen, and here it is. So I, it's it's been mustache my entire life. My, my dad's had a mustache for my mustache. childhood years, but Jordan was sitting in that chair he said it there, the way I said was like, mustache. And yeah, I was he, like, that doesn't even sound Aussie. I mean, I don't he, he put a little sauce on it. <laughs> Maybe did. I'll just call Stevie Johnson. You know, I got him on my Trojan, you know, fast dial line, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'll just ask him what the deal is. Yeah, see, see what Stevie said. I think he would go mustache. Shanda, you think Steve or I could pull one off? Because I don't think, I mean, I'm generally a clean-shaven guy. Y'all too pretty to pull that off. Y'all too, too pretty. pretty nah, I don't do pull that. that. Don't I'm do going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. I would love to see you with one. I would love to see you with one. <laughs> it's going to take me like a year, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> uh, more still to come here. We've got match previews coming up on TC Live. But first, our year-long celebration of the WTA's 50th anniversary continues next. Welcome back to the Southern California desert leading up to first ball of the BNP Paribas Open. TC Live comes your way every day at 1 p.m. Eastern. Then it is 12 hours at least of live tennis from Indian Wells with encore coverage until play begins the next day. Now it is time to continue our celebration of the WTA's golden anniversary. Hello. I'm Leslie Allen, and welcome to Chapter 2 of Tennis Channel's 12-part series, 50 Years of the WTA. In Chapter 1, we took you back to 1970 and the start of the first full-fledged women's professional tour, the Virginia Slim Circuit. Fast forward to 1973, and women's tennis was on its way to becoming the biggest professional female sport. I thought it was a very exciting time, mid-70s. It was a nice feeling. You, you felt like there were never scant crowds. These were, these were fervent audiences, I would say, and devoted tennis crowds, and they took to the women's game. Sponsors, promoters, and cities that had never previously held tennis tournaments all sought to capitalize on these opportunities. So did long-standing associations and officials. Amid these complicated power struggles, if the players were to make sure they still had a seat at the table, they'd need to take even more steps forward to ensure their success. On the eve of Wimbledon, everything came to a head inside the conference room of a London hotel. So the battle was really how can we get all the players from all over the world and all over the countries that were competing in tennis on board to establish an association such as the Women's Tennis Association. And so as we moved forward into Wimbledon, it was in the Gloucester Hotel in 1973 that we finally gathered enough of the women uh, in the room. We said, you know, nobody's leaving till we make a decision as to how we're going to organize ourselves for the future. So there was a lot of heated discussion amongst us, and that was the birth of the Women's Tennis Association. So when you see where women's tennis has grown, it was the 70s that made it grow. It was truly those rivalries with Billie Jean playing and Rosie playing and Virginia Wade playing. And these players, Betty Stova, Frankie Durer, these are names that mean a lot to me that may not mean as much to the current, but those, they filled the stadium. I think it's easy to forget what sports was like in the mid-70s. There weren't team sports for women back then. And really, tennis was the one place where adult women could achieve, compete, push themselves, push one another, cry, and didn't have to pretend that they were little girls, because they weren't. I really never thought of us just as tennis players. We have a platform, we're going to use it, we're just going to absolutely use it like nobody else has ever used it in women's sports. I think we did. What a year 1973 had been for women's tennis. Equal prize money was given at the U.S. Open, and then there'd been all the attention generated by the battle of the sexes. Less than three years after the Pro Tour had started, 
women's tennis was in the red-hot center of both sports and society. More chapters of this exciting story were about to be written, and we'll have the next one for you soon. For Tennis Channel, I'm Leslie Allen. Thank you, Leslie. And because of what those pioneers did, tennis continues to lead the way in women's sports, a golden jubilee that has today's players dripping in actual gold. Uh, Chanda, what did you make of that latest chapter? Uh, I mean, it's just been incredible when you think about how women's tennis had to grow from the 70s to the opportunities we have now, opportunities I had when I played. First, it was the original nine in 1970, but the work was not done, and it was the creation of the WTA Tour that really took it to another level in order of work in, in terms of working towards equal prize money and equal opportunities, and it is just it's unbelievable to see and to also still connect with some of those players like Billie Jean King, who helped to create those opportunities I mean it's fantastic and I, I'm still so pleased to be involved with the sport hey, that kind of that bond that they're talking about it's a bond that forges you for life and and from today's perspective it's very tough to understand so if you try to sit and put yourself in, in their shoes of what they had to go through at that time right now all you're worrying about is how you can best maximize the opportunities that you have and how best you can focus on the tennis and what you have to do to be your best tennis player that that seems like an absolute luxury because then it wasn't just that it was also trying to manufacture opportunities that, that didn't exist. And you're trying to explain it to people who, who didn't understand this because it didn't exist. So you have to try to put your vision into their heads. And that's just, it's revolutionary, it's inspiring, and it's something that everyone can take away from, even if you're not involved in the sport of tennis. Think about back in 1973, 65 singles titles were won by players from a total of five nations. Only five. Well, Last year, 55 events had 35 different champions from 21 different countries. Yeah. So, so to see how this sport has evolved globally just from what happened there. I mean, it was a vision that these women had, that these athletes had, and to see it come to fruition where so many young girls and so many women around the world have an opportunity not only to compete, but to earn a living and to be judged on, you know, their accomplishments. And, I mean, it's, it was revolutionary, as uh, Prakash was saying, but it was a vision. And to see it come to fruition now, I mean, it's hard to imagine what that took uh, amongst players who were still in the primes of their careers mm. and focusing on this, but they had to. They knew they had to meet the moment, and they did, and we are so grateful for it. And we're still seeing, you know, new nations pop up, Angebur, yeah leading the way, Tunisia, even Maria Sakri with Greece. Uh, it's really special. And with Billie Jean King still here uh, to, to really promote it and, and let us learn about this history. The Golden Jubilee continues. And every month this year, we will have a new WTA 50th anniversary chapter to show you. Cannot wait. Special stuff. Thank you to Leslie Allen once again. Of course, a reminder, Tennis.com is the best way to keep up with the BNP Paribas Open. It is easy. Just scroll down to see live scores, then click on All Scores for a full list of current live scores and match results. You can also check out the men's and women's draws and get access to full match replays on TennisChannel.com. Download the app to get the full Indian Wells experience. I do it multiple times a day, and we've got the best tennis writers in the business covering this event as well. Leading up to the top of the hour, Azarenka Muhova coming up. Welcome back. Taylor Fritz was California dreaming last year in the desert at the same site where he made his ATP Tour qualifying debut as a 17-year-old. The pride of Rancho Santa Fe won the biggest title of his life, beating Rafa Nadal in the final. So how have things changed over the past year? Last year when I came in here, I was ranked maybe like 19 or 17, something like that. I was, I think I'd just broken in the top 20 for the first time. I was at my career high, so obviously now I'm coming back here a year later. I'm, I'm ranked 5, so it's... As a player, I'm a lot different, and I have higher expectations for myself. I think last year coming into this tournament, you know, I wasn't even coming in thinking like I was gonna, I was gonna win. And now, obviously, once you do something once, now it's always a, it's always a possibility. Well, here is the potential road to a title defense for Taylor Fritz. It, it doesn't start easy. He's got Ben Shelton tonight. 
And then it's Sebastian Baez, potentially Alex Demonor. Carlos Alcaraz only in the semifinals before Casper Ruud. Now, this is such a magical place for Fritz. Made his main draw debut at a Masters event here. Got his first top 10 win here. First Masters fourth round here. Quarterfinal, semifinal, final. I mean, how, how does he manage the expectations returning as a defending champion at this level event for the first time? Oh, well, you know, this is like his backyard. And so I think the fact that he's had all these good results, all these incredible moments, that just solidifies for him coming back and, and feeling like he can play some of his best tennis again. And I think that's what it's about when you return as a defending champion. These are courts that you did well at. When you kind of get back on the court, some of that just comes back naturally, even if you haven't had a good year. But Taylor Fritz has. He's had some great wins. He's, I think, solidified his place and the feeling that he belongs at the top of the game, you know, top five, broke into the top 10 earlier. And I, I think now he can really relax a bit more. He knows he's going to be under pressure in this first round match for him against Ben Shelton. But I think that almost helps knowing that you've got to gear up and you've got to defend and you're going to have to, you know, really focus and not let up. So I think this is a good matchup for him, although it's going to be interesting to see how Shelton handles it. But Taylor Fritz, he has been so impressive playing at this level, playing so confidently. Yeah, that, that is an absolute brutal draw that we took a look at there. I mean, I mean, towards the latter rounds as well, if all those seeds make it, could be a lot of fun to watch. Being under pressure, I think, is a good thing because it's going to take him out of thinking anything about defending your title. You're just trying to survive out there and get the win. Taylor's coming in in great form. Look, he's coming in off a of semis in Dallas. He's coming off a win in Delray Beach, another semis in Acapulco. So he's got enough matches under his belt. And as you talked about, Chanda, you get that sort of uh, sensory perception, that sort of uh, feeling that just comes back to you, whether you're thinking about it or not, that you're feeling good, you're all of a sudden making good decisions, you're smiling out there, enjoying yourself. And I think that's a really good thing for him. Um, going to be exciting today, though. Yeah, I, I can't wait for the atmosphere. This may be the only match he plays where the crowd is split or I don't know. I'm not sure. I know this is he's, this is his hometown. But. I think it's going to be one of those things where they're they're just cheering for whoever is playing good tennis. So I think they're both going to get equal cheers, but they, they want to see a big match. <laughs> they want to see a great match out there. And, and Ben Shelton brings the energy. He, Unlike he, anyone. He definitely. I want to see if Taylor gets a little bit more yeah, emotional I, I riding might, off of that. It might take him to another level. More Americans in action on day four. Emma Navarro got a nice first round win. Takes on Layla Fernandez, Tommy Paul, Jack Sock, Peyton Stearns from Texas, Mackenzie McDonald, and Maddie Keys all in action today. Let's talk about some of these matchups, starting with Tommy Paul. Leads 3-0, 7-0 in sets against Jan Leonard Struff. How are these conditions, Chanda, for Tommy Paul's game? You know, I think it's good. I think, you know, he's got a little more time, Paul, but he's also become a player who can capitalize on playing inside the court. When he's got opportunities to move forward, you know, he has, I think, elevated his game in that department. But these courts will give him an opportunity to play a little more strategically in that department. I think it's a fairly comfortable uh, first round for him, uh, trying to get to the third round here. Playing as a seeded player, there's always a little advantage to your opponent because they played another match. But I think this is a comfortable enough matchup, but he still can't take it for granted. So I think it's a good combination for him. Yeah, Struff is also coming off a, a pretty bad right foot injury last year around June that took him out of the top 100, so he's still trying to find his way. He's still got that big serve, but Tommy puts a lot of balls back in play. The slow court is certainly going to help him. And on a slow court, you need to be able to strike through the groundies really well. Tommy's really improved that backhand. We saw it in Australia. He's able to take that backhand up the line now, have that be a little bit more solid and a little bit more of a weapon than it has been in the past. We all know his forehand's huge, and he covers the net quite well with his technique up there. So I'm looking for him to come through fairly comfortably. Like Taylor Fritz has improved, Tommy Paul has, over the past 12 months. Peyton Stearns and Bianca Andreescu, uh, they were born just one year apart. Uh, that's where the similarities end. Andreescu is a major champion. Peyton Sturz is an NCAA champion. Uh, what do you make of this matchup? Yeah, I mean, Andreescu just has such a resume already at, at such a young age. She's had a number of injuries, though, so that's always the challenge for Andreescu, just trying to stay on the court and get her game to round into form. We haven't quite seen that over the last 12 months consistently from her, but I think these courts, again, will suit her game, will allow her to get into more of the rallies, to weave her points, to open up the courts, using her angles, and against a more inexperienced 
inexperienced opponent, just test herself uh, in that department. But I was impressed with Peyton Stearns yeah. and the way she battled to get through her last match. I mean, everything looked like it was against her, and she just believed. She's got that same college-type energy mm -hmm. that she brought, uh, and I think that will help her in a matchup like this one as well. Yeah, she's a baller. Uh, Maddie Keyes taking on Serana Kirstea. Maddie just made the quarterfinals in Dubai. She is newly engaged. Prakash, where, where do you rank her among the favorites to come home with the trophy here? Well, let's not, let's not overlook that because when you're, when you're happy in your off-court life, I really do believe that translates into your, into your on-court life. You're, you're feeling a little less pressure and so forth. So beautiful congratulations to her on that. I, I like Maddie to come through here. I mean, there's a big discrepancy in the rankings here. Serana just about outside 80 in the world. She, she did just beat Haddad Maya in Dubai. Uh, so she does have a top 20 win coming into this event. But Maddie's great on hardcore. She made the quarterfinals here in Indian Wells last year. So as long as she doesn't let the errors pile up, and sometimes when that happens, they, they come in, in frequency. You know, it's a ton in a row. As long as she can sort of settle in, not make too many errors, I, I find it hard to see Madison lose when she strikes the ball the way she does. So as long as the error count is low, she should be able to come through. Yeah, I think, you know, that's always the question is the balance for Keys in terms of the power and going for her shots and the consistency. These courts, I think, make it a little bit tougher. The ball doesn't quite move as quickly through the court. It's not as easy to hit winners, so that could frustrate Keys a little bit. But if she can settle in early and just take on that challenge of not overplaying, she's going to have to have that kind of mindset against Serana Corsaia because she is a very good competitor. She strikes the ball beautifully. She has just enough variety with some of the drop shots and the angles. So I think it'll be a tough match, mm. but Madison Keys certainly has a good opportunity here. Whenever Madison Keys is in a draw, uh, I find it tough yeah. to, to say she can't win. Right. I always say, why not? Why not her? Uh, you can watch all these matches uninterrupted on TC+. And we've got a great deal for you right now. Special incentive to sign up. Use that QR code on the screen or the promo code SERVE for a 20% off discount. That is available through Indian Wells and Miami. Get yourself TC Plus. I also use that multiple times a day during tournaments. Well, the folks out on the practice courts, one of the great things about Indian Wells is you can get up close and personal with everybody. Angebur in action today. Prakash, looking forward to seeing her. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, on a slow court, she can kind of use all the variety that she has, right? I mean, she's one of those players who has every single type of spin in the book. She can mix in those low slices. She can whip up a little topspin, flatten it out when she wants. And she's a fan favorite, right? Wherever she goes. Holger Runa is playing Mackie McDonald tonight, Chanda. And uh, Holger Runa has solidified himself right now as a top ten player. Yeah, and it's always the challenge of sort of playing in that space, playing consistently against tough opponents. And Mac Mackie McDonald, with his speed and his ability to go from defense to offense, he is a good opponent. I saw Andy Murray in the breakfast area this morning. I told him Andy Roddick's coming next week. He's like, all right, well, I, I better stick around then. I can't wait to talk to Andy on the Tennis Channel desk. We'll be back with more TC Live after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Back in tennis paradise leading up to first ball, about 10 minutes away, two-time champ Victoria Azarenka and Karolina Muhova making her tournament debut. The Czech actually has the only victory in the head-to-head -head between these two. Reminder, coverage of Indian Wells also on Bally Sports and T2. The dynamic duo of Leif Shires and Jan Michael Gamble with the call at the top of the hour featuring Pedro Martinez and Felix Ojealiasim. And then Tommy Paul and Jan Leonard Struff. Plus, we will be on T2 all the way until 9 Eastern. 
FAA, a, a top 10 player that we haven't been talking about a ton, but he's got a chance to, to take home the title as well. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, if he can get into a round of form, again, we talk about, you know, the big power games, cutting down on the unforced errors. I think that's going to be the key is just managing the conditions, the slower courts, finding ways to still be aggressive. FAA's got it uh, uh, everywhere. I mean, on clay, grass, hardcore, he, he's a threat to be able to win anywhere. Just, just playing doubles with uh, Shapovalov as well. Here's our FanDuel match preview of the day. Alcaraz, Kakanakis, and a uh, pretty big favorite for Carlitos, Prakash. Yeah, you definitely got to lean towards the Spaniard. I mean, look, the best thing that Tanasi has going for him is that big serve and that big forehand. But I think backhand to backhand is going to be a tough pattern. Carlos moves so well, he's going to be able to pinpoint balls into that backhand side. 350, big numbers, but I think it's there for a reason. I think he's the he's the fair bet. Three sets. Maybe maybe take that three sets wager there for, for Carlitos. A reminder, FanDuel giving all new users 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. Win or lose, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app now. Start making every moment more. And start listening to Chanda Rubin because she is a winner's only guaranteed lock. Let's take a look at how Chanda's picks are doing. 17. Oh, three for three. Three for that. I heard the Chanda Bucks are going to save the Silicon Valley Bank from shutting down. <laughs> Nothing is guaranteed in tennis, Steve. Every player has a shot. I'm getting a little lucky in terms of my picks, but nice win for Jesse down, Downplaying her greatness here. Yeah. We don't do that on Tennis Janice. And you, you step into your greatness. Okay, I am 3-0. and no, I'm over $17. That is, that is big stuff. That's your own personal hype man over there. I love it. I mean, I'm going to just lean a little this way. That's, that's, that's on my resume. The stuff that I do next to it, Chanda's number one hype man. All right, who you got today? Well, I'm picking Taylor Fritz over Ben Shelton. Of course, Fritz, the heavy favorite in this one for so many reasons. I do think Ben Shelton will pose some different challenges, but Taylor Fritz, he hits the ball big. He's got the firepower. He's got good movement and anticipation. I think he'll be able to dip those balls at Shelton's feet when he does come in. I think he has the edge all the way around. All right. Yeah. Picking Taylor Fritz to go four for four, Prakash. Chanda, your, your investment portfolio, would you, would you rate it uh, ultra conservative or would you say you have a nice little ratio? I think I have nice balance, you know. I, I try okay. to, you know. Diversify. Yeah, diversify. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we saw Gal Fees return here in Tennis Paradise. How about wifey Alina Svitolina back on the court practicing on the most beautiful surface and view on the planet in Monte Carlo, Monte Carlo Country Club? That's just gorgeous. I mean, if I had that backdrop, Steve, I would be playing a lot more right now. I would. I'd be getting out there. This is this is magnificent. I, I love seeing these two together. You know, I miss I miss Gail and his, you know, Wakanda forever when he's winning on the court. I want him to get back to good form. And if he's Black Panther, that's that's got to make Alina like like Wonder Woman, right? Because they are absolutely like a superhero couple. Is that the is that Marvel too, or is that DC? I think no, that's I, DC. Whatever, man. We, we she's got to be. She's got to be like Miss Marvel or something like that. Okay, or maybe oh, oh, she could be Miss Marvel. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they're like the Incredibles because now it's a family thing. Is it? Yes. I mean. Okay. You know. Oh, maybe, that's maybe not Scott bad. Has that could work. Have, that could work. Yeah. Yeah. Baby Scott has got to have some superpowers. Captain Marvel. Come on, Captain Marvel. Brie Larson. That's what you were going for. Not <laughs> well, Miss Marvel. Marvel's Captain. also on Disney Plus. Well, whatever. Anyways, check this out. Taking a front row seat to a new level. This is enjoying a meal on the court in the middle of a tennis match. Would you ever? Would you ever sit down for a Gosh. dinner, Chanda? What is happening here? Well, they're playing tennis in there. What is another people in the middle? Like what? Why, why should I, I'm, I'm, I still don't understand. <laughs> this, this is how the Arbitrage family reunion. <laughs> we have dinner in the middle of the court for some tennis. This is incredible. This is a proper sit-down dinner. Though. Yeah. I've, I've had a burger on the court, but never a, a proper sit-down dinner. This is impressive. How, do you, how are you comfortable eating your soup? With balls going over your Matzo head. Matzo ball soup turning into tennis ball soup right there. I, I really oh, hope no. that's like a sponge no. ball. Because if it's like a tennis ball and someone gets whacked in the <laughs> no. head yeah. while they're eating their meatloaf or something, that's not good. Yeah. One time it, it hits it hits a guy or it goes somewhere in there. But for the most part, the, I mean, the players are doing a great job. See, the problem is what you said for the most part. <laughs> okay, I, I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> It's the other part that's the problem. A lot, of, a lot of credit to the people eating, though. They weren't distracted at all. They were just into their food. No balls flinging by their ears. I mean, impressive. Like the players out here. Use more margin. They needed a lot of margin. A lot of topspin, right? And, and margarine on their, on their bread. <laughs> margin instead of butter. I mean, that... Helps the cholesterol. Uh, unfortunately, we're going we're gonna to send Chanda to the booth. We're going to no, miss you, Chanda. No.
A reminder, go to tennis.com for Steve Tigner's three to see every day. We will break down those big matches, have the hot shot of the day. When we come back, as Chanda departs. TC Live at the BNP Paribas Open is brought to you in part by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And by Sensodyne, number one dentist-recommended brand for sensitive teeth. Moments away from first ball on this Saturday. Hot shot of the day between Berrettini and Daniel. Big wheels from Daniel here. Nice little get off that drop shot here. Flicks through the legs, gets it down at the feet of Berrettini, gets the crowd, gets Berrettini upset, and not only that, Weissman, he breaks our TC curse, got the hot shot, also got the win. Taro Daniel has been pulling off some nice wins recently. Another top player going down at the hands of the Japanese star. And you gotta love this. He on the technique there didn't take a giant swing on the tweener, nice and slow, quick little wrist flick. For the crowd. A little unlucky there for Berrettini going with the, the let let. It was a tough shot. It was down <laughs> at his feet. Brutal. Safe flight order of play. Azarenka leads us off against Muhova on Stadium One. We've got the world number one in action against Claire Lou, Taylor Fritz, and Ben Shelton, 6 p.m. Eastern, right here on Tennis Channel. Holger Runa and Mackie McDonald. We talked to Mackie the other day. He is feeling good right now. And then Carlos Alcaraz, first match here, taking on Tanasi Kokonakis. His coach, Juan Carlos Ferrero, said he is 100% healthy and doing well. But we start with Taylor Fritz and Ben Shelton because this is the big match of the day. It is our Sensodyne match of the day. What's going to make the difference here? Well, I think Taylor's going to try to have to find those patterns that pummel into the Shelton backhand. We saw Tommy Paul do that really well in the quarters over in Australia. And, and at this point in Ben's development, that seems to be the place you want to go. He's got a massive serve, first serve, second serve, hops up all over the place. But I will say, in that opening round, he started to use the slice really well, create some different kind of looks off of that backhand side. But I don't think that's going to bother Taylor very much. So I'm looking for Taylor to come through, but... Ben is a big match, adrenaline type of player. So, you know, there's going to be some special stuff from him as well. Got to tune in. Six Eastern, Shelton, Fritz, two Americans, one on the rise, and one that's at the top of the game right now. But right now, guess what? We've, we've got players on the court already. Victoria Azarenka. She's got 34 wins, two titles here in the desert. Trails only our own Lindsay Davenport and Maria Sharapova for the most wins at this event. Yeah, listen, she's sensationally comfortable here. Mukova hasn't ever played here. Last couple of years, she had an abdominal uh, injury, so she wasn't able to compete. So things are a little bit new here. This is something that's so comfortable and and, and so successful for Azarenka in the past. She's won the Sunshine Double twice, 2012 and 2016. Um, and she's also ranked considerably higher at the moment. So I think it's just for her to get off to a good start and, and feel all that good juju. And she defeated the Czech 2020 U.S. Open. Pam Shriver, Chanda Rubin will have the call. I'll be on the desk with Prakash for out the entire day. Interviews, updates, everything you need. Rain delays, 12 hours of live tennis. It is a beautiful Saturday, though. It all starts at Indian Wells after this.